But I think we're ready to start our feature with Barry Goudreau. Yeah, former uh, member of the band Boston. Yeah, that band Boston. But I'm really excited to have him on the show tonight. Hello. Hello. Is this uh, the Barry Goudreau? It is. How are you? Good, man. You're live on the Gerg Show on Indie Scene Radio, man. Welcome to the show. All right. All right. Totally psyched. Happy to be here. Ah, happy to have you here. So, um, yeah, dude, jeez, um, it's been a while since you put out some music, and I was listening to this album today. Thank you for sending it in. Uh, this is really cool stuff. I'm so excited to be playing it. I don't know how much time you got, but I, I've loaded the whole album up, so I'm ready to play it all <laughs> if you want. It's entirely up to you, dude. I know you're a busy guy, but um, uh, how no, you I'm been? A, I'm, I'd love to get some of that out there. Sure, yeah. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Yeah, that's so cool. So uh, what I'd like to do is really just kind of, I, you know, some people just surprisingly so may not know who the hell you are, but I'm going to go ahead and I'll just give a little, little uh, summary about the album and who's on the album and everybody, and then we'll get into everything uh, Barry and Engine Room and, and we'll uh, All right, play the tracks. Good. All right, man. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, guitarist Barry Goudreau, he was a former member of Boston. He had um, formed, recently formed, this new band, and it's called Barry Goudreau's Engine Room. Uh, this blues rock outfit includes his former RTZ bandmates, Brian Mays, on lead vocals and keyboards, as well as Tim Archibald on bass. Both Mays and Archibald were members of Peter Wolf's House Party 5 band they played all over the place and then uh the band was rounded out with old tony DiPietro on drums and it also included mary beth mays terry osoro and joni chicatelli is that how you say it or is it chicatelli you got it i got chicatelli i got it right he hits the home run <laughs> <I mean, laughs> uh, and they are on background of vocals the cd covers a whole spectrum of blues and rock from a stripped down blues of uh, a tune called all mind to the all-out rock assault of need that's a great way to open up the album happens to be the first track on the album ladies and gentlemen but a longtime friend of barry's and legendary bluesman james montgomery God, he's, there's a blast from the past, too, huh? Uh, he sits on the harp for a song uh, called Laying It Down in Beantown, and the record was produced by Brian Mays in his studio with Barry, and you recorded the tracks in your home studio, and then while well, Brian was uh, able to set up and fill the creative void that was left when uh, Brad Delp passed away, and uh, I'm sure, as you say, you couldn't have done it without him. He's uh, one skilled, talented, crazy guy, huh? Absolutely. Man, you covered it all there. Um, I, I read really well. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I do not have this memorized. But, and, so, <laughs> and so, Barry, uh, as you described, uh, your approach to this album was that you wanted to look back to the acts of the late 60s, early 70s, when they were reinventing the blues in a new and exciting ways. And you learned to play guitar, uh, lead guitar, playing uh, along to tracks that you heard on the radio by Paul Butterfield blues bands and um, records uh, they slowly get turned on to Jeff Beck and Led Zeppelin and the English acts kicking up the guitars with big drum solos and 
uh, you were really influenced by the like who wasn't influenced by the Almond Brothers, right? Is that was like it, I don't know. They were like the epitome of any southern rock band in America, wouldn't well, you say? That's, that's why I picked up the uh, slide after I actually saw them uh, at the old Boston Tea Party. Oh my god! When uh, Dwayne when Dwayne Almond was uh, was still with them, and it was really fantastic. Yeah, that with, must with, have been something with, with, with Sean and I uh, and. Uh, Steve Miller opening up. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Imagine that, Steve Miller opening up. Now, who opened first? Was it Sean and I or was it Steve? Uh, Sean and I went on first, and then uh, uh, Steve Miller. It was a Steve Miller's blues band at that point. So oh, was, right, uh, right, doing, right. Doing kind of a, kind of a blues thing. But. Right, right. But that's so cool, Sean and I, man. Most folks have no idea. <laughs> they just don't. Those guys, as crazy as they looked on TV, they were just as crazy live on stage, right? <laughs> well, that, that, that they were up on stage with all these other kind of acts, like, you know, Sean and I and, and, and all the brothers. What? Right. But it but it worked, you know, back, it, back then. uh People liked having a bunch of different kind of acts on one bill that uh, mixed it, mixed it up. You know, yeah, you don't, yeah. You don't see that. You don't see that uh, too much nowadays. No, no, you really don't. I don't think anybody's got the nerve. Maybe they do. Who knows? But <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you feel you achieved that, and I do too. After listening to the entire album, man, it was. Uh, I think the one that really made me feel the like it was almost just migrated from that that time period uh 60s early 70s blues rock feel the song uh, reason to rhyme what a huge tune i just uh, that put goosebumps on my skin listening to it going man that's like listening to the radio back when i was a kid well, that, that's that's funny because that track uh almost didn't make it on the record because it you know, I had a whole different feel from, from the other stuff on the record. So right, we, right, right. Yeah, you know, we kind of had second thoughts about it, but, uh, you know, we put it on there. And, you know, well, in people, my book, that, really was, like it. that was a smart move, you know, in my book. <laughs> but alrighty, so, you know what, uh, what do we got here? I think, I mean, I know folks... You know, they may have heard of Boston, you know. I remember back in the day when you guys all came out, and it was just, as this, I'm not going to go way back into the story and go into all these details, but because folks can easily go to the your website, barrygoudreauengine'sroom.com, or it's engineroom.com, uh, right. and, and you can get the whole backstory. You tell a whole lot in there, but you didn't, you've never, you may have, like, taken some sabbaticals from the scene, but... Seems like you really tried to stay uh, in with some sort of project with every decade that passed since the eighties, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I I had well first my solo record in the early eighties, and then later in the eighties I had the Orion the Hunter band, right? With uh, Fran Fred Cosmo, and you know we put a record out. Uh, with uh, CBS and uh, did a tour opening up for uh, Aerosmith, actually. Right, that, right. That you guys even had a video on MTV. I remember people we were did. like, we were, we, were, we were on MTV, and uh, <laughs> we, well, you we guys were great. I remember that band. What happened? The band uh, decided uh, you didn't have uh, enough yeah, juice. Yeah, you know, we, we yeah, you know, the, the, the chemistry wasn't wasn't completely there the record didn't do what what we had hoped and, right uh, right 
you know, I moved on to the next thing, which was the uh, RTZ band with, uh, you know, Brad Delp, of course, on, on vocals. And, right. Uh, and we did a record for Warner Brothers and uh, did pretty extensive touring for a couple of years on that. Right, right. And uh, after that, Brad Delp and I did, did a record, Delp Gaudreau, that we put out in the early 2000s. So, right, right. Yeah, you know, I've been uh, I've been keeping pretty busy, and you know, of course, I've I've done some other projects with uh, people outside. Uh, I produced a couple albums for Lisa Geyer, New Hampshire, fantastic vocalist. Yeah, she's. A, I'm I'm so, trying yeah, to get know, her on I, the show. I keep busy. Right, keep yeah. Busy. Well, you know, I kind of figured. I'm like, okay, so. Here's a guy, you know, all right, uh, you'll have to help me with this, not a stigma, but I, I don't know, it's urban legend. I don't know. You you tell me. From reading the story, I got a feeling. It was like, it seems like you and Sib, you know, were like, had known each other longest out of any of the members from, from the Boston band. You guys were teenage friends, right? And Yeah, I actually met him when I was uh, 15. Fifteen. Yeah, God. so we, we had been been friends and uh, musical mates for uh, for fifty years. That's outrageous, huh? That is that mm-hmm. is outrageous that you. Ha- but it really, essentially, uh, inevitably, that ended up being the nucleus for what developed into Boston, right? Uh, you, I mean, even so, you were the guitar guy, right? And so this is this is where I'm heading. Okay, is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can, you know, vocally slap me and say, hey, don't say that stuff. But I, I'm not going to go that crazy. Uh, but, you know, back then, all right, uh, being a fan of the band and, and people talking and you know how urban legends go and this and that. But well, you know, people said, like, well, you know, the real genius behind the songwriting or, you know, a, a, a person that played a major role in what uh, became that, other than obviously Tom, who went and buried himself in a cave for six months or six years or however long it took to produce the album. It was a really long time. <laughs> but I, I was told that, you know, you are the real musical genius behind kind of a bunch of the songs that inevitably were on the first album. Now, is there any truth to that? Well, I, I, I don't know if I'd, uh, I'd say that. I mean, you know, I met Tom back uh, when I first went off to BU. I, <clears throat> I started a band with... Uh, a bass player who I played played with in, in high school. Right. And, you know, we started a band and rehearsed with his fraternity house, and it was just for fun, you know. Right. You know, we'd play uh, fraternity parties and so forth, and I put an ad in the uh, local paper, and for a keyboard player, Tom, Tom answered the ad. So wow. that's how he and I met, and we started working together, and, you know, he started doing some writing and recording, and, you know, at first we recorded songs written by both of us but right. as we got further in it uh you know tom was paying the bills right right, right. <laughs> we, we kind of fo- focused on, on on his material and of course i brought in uh introduced brad to to tom because i had uh, also met brad in high school when i right, uh, right. auditioned for his band uh, didn't get the gig but i i did get to meet brad and isn't that funny right the full, and then uh, you know, I brought Fran Sheen into the fold. Fred and I have been friends uh, since high school. And, right, right. You know, we had another drummer, but, 
you know, we had an issue with him, and so I brought, uh, you know, Sibin, who I had known, of course, since I, I was 15 or so. Right, right. So, you know, I, I had a lot to do with bringing, you know, the elements together. You know, I'm not going to try to take credit uh, for, for any songwriting or producing, because that was absolutely Tom. So, right, right. Tom, Tom, right. But, hey, it was you and Tom doing all those harmonic leads, right, together? Uh, oh yeah, I oh, yeah. I remember seeing you guys play, and it was uh, you guys had it, man. You did a really great job, especially back then. The album took off. What was it? The the most uh, has still has the record as being the record that has sold the most uh, for a debut album in a for, for a six album. months, yeah, right? You know, you know. I think uh, Guns and Roses might have taken over for the for the number, but. Uh, we certainly sold records faster than anybody else. We sold a million records in the, the first month. Right, and right. There was a point there where we were selling, you know, a million records a month. We we sold a million records just in the city of Los Angeles. So it was. Uh, See, it that's, that, like that's rocket, just crazy. You know? Nobody does that stuff. Who does that? Well, well nobody does it anymore. records anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, they get a million streams, not a billion <laughs> record sales, right? They get a million streams. Yeah, the 21st century in technology, it's a double-edged sword, right? It can definitely put you out there in the front, but it can definitely bury you, too. But, all right. Okay, so that's cool. We'll get into a little bit more what you've been up to. We'll t maybe talk about uh, some of these other bands that you had in between working our way up to uh, the engine room. So I've I've loaded up that I've kind of taken out a few tracks. I've loaded up eight. Now I have them all. So if we really want to play them all, we can. But I just thought I'd play some of the the more up tempo kind of bluesier heavy stuff here. Uh, I've got laying it down in Bean Town and treat you right. I'll play like three songs in a row here. Um, All right, good so, choice. So, Need, right? This busts right out in your face. Very cool tune. I don't think I would have started the album with any other track. Well, we actually start our live shows with that tune. It's kind of right in your face, you know? <laughs> it is. That's right. And But uh, I wanted to point out that laying it down, as I had read a little bit, introducing uh, um, you to our listening audience. Now, that... Has uh, that also includes uh, James Montgomery, who I had uh, I worked with a, a cover band called Ice back in the late seventies, mid to late seventies. Uh, they ended up doing a lot of original stuff, but they, you know how that goes. But from that then, but we opened up for James everywhere, all over the place. What a great time and an incredibly cool harp player. So he's playing harp. Is he also doing like background vocals on this too? No, no, it's just the harp. Uh, he he was at my house one day, and I said, "Hey, uh, you have your harp with you? I got something here." And I I threw it up, and and he played along with it. We I think he just we did like two takes on it, and uh, came out great. And that's it's, all he needed. Natural. Yeah, you can definitely you, you can definitely hear when you listen to it, and you hear him playing. Me like. Uh, well, that's either James Montgomery or um, uh, what's his name there from uh, Jay Giles. Oh, God, his name just slips Magic right Dick. Yeah, Magic Dick. How could I not remember his name? Uh, dude, do you find that happen? I'm getting old, man. It's, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I remember faces better than I do names. Do you have that problem? 
Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. So, <laughs> I'm trying to think of your name now. I'm yeah, that's right. <laughs> 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 I love it. I love it. All right. And then, okay, so uh, what was behind uh, the inspiration for writing this track, Treat You Right? I love this song. Uh, treat You Right. Um, well, you know, there, there are a lot of different uh, fields that I wanted to explore. So, you know, when I write something normally, I'm sitting here on my couch and noodling away on my guitar and I come up with a with a feel and some chords that I like and I throw it down on my phone and then I bring it to the other guys and we work it up uh, into a song and that's uh that's how that happened. That was one of the uh one of the feels that I wanted to work. So this was just you know, a... laying laying it down in Beantown, you know, that came from uh, you know, there's a song called Sweet Home Chicago. Right. Right. All about how great Chicago is, and we get the music, we get the people. And we were thinking, hey, wait a second. You know, Boston's got some great people. We got, oh, yeah. We got some great music, too. Absolutely. Uh-huh. We're laying it down here in Beantown. So that, that's where the, you know, the idea for that one came. Homage to home base. I love it. I love it. All Absolutely. right. Cool. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and play these three tracks, and then we'll be uh, back here with our featured artist tonight, Barry Goudreau. We're playing tracks off of the album from uh, his latest uh, band compilation here. A bunch of really talented guys from the area. Barry Goudreau's Engine Room. We're uh, featuring the tracks off of the album Full Steam Ahead that was released back in 2017. How's this been going? The people kind of receiving this rather well, I, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, it went really well. We, we went on, did a bunch of uh, shows uh, promoting it, and we're nearly done with our next one, which is uh, something else I want to get into really. Yeah, this, uh, absolutely. Next, next project. I was reading yeah. about that. I was like, oh, man. Oh, glad I caught you. Now I can actually get you on the hook to come back for the new album. <laughs> but, uh, Absolutely. That's all right. Cool. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to play tracks uh, one, two, and four. Need, Laying It Down in Beantown, and Treat You Right. The tracks off of the album Full Steam Ahead by Barry Goudreau's Engine Room. We're talking with Barry live on The Gerg Show, and you're listening to IndieScenerradio.com. All indie, all the time.
Yeah, man, you're gonna love that big sound. Treat you right, preceded by Laying It Down in Beaten Town and Need. They are tracks off of the album Full Steam Ahead by Barry Goudreau's Engine Room. We are here talking live with Barry. Dude, I love that swing, blues, rock, and beat. Uh, treat you right. Such a cool tune, dude. Who, All right. Now, was that one of, one of your noodles that you had on your phone, or was that something that maybe Brian or or Tim brought to the table? No, no, that that, that was one uh, composed on my couch. <laughs> that, that was a couch compo- composition. <laughs> you know, the famous couch uh, tracks. Yeah, very cool. I really dig it. So, you know, just to briefly touch on the techie side of, of the music here, you know, yeah. if I remember correctly, you know, okay, so in your bio, your, you know, when you was a kid, your folks got you a, a 62 Fender Strat. What the hell did you do with that, dude? Did you sell it? Well, you know what, I, I, I traded it in. I, you know, I started playing back uh, early 60s. Right. And, uh, you know, I had, I had been playing for a while, and, and the birds came out. Right. And the birds were playing with that uh, Rickenbacker 12-string, and, of course, the uh, you know, the Beatles used the uh, Rickenbacker 12-string and a bunch of things, and I loved that sound. Right. But I've got to have one of those. So I went to uh, EU Wurlitzes, and I traded it in. But, unfortunately, I couldn't afford the, the Rickenbacker, so I ended up with a Guild 12-string. So I still have the Guild 12-string, but that 62 strat is, is long gone. It's long gone, man. Well, that's okay. You know, the Guild, it's funny you say that, right? Because, I mean, George used the Guild, right? He used the Gretsch. He used the Gretsch. He that's used a- the Gretsch Country Gentleman because uh, that's what Chet, Chet Atkins used. Chet Atkins was using, that's right, but he made it rock yeah. like crazy. So, so wow. But yours was a 12-string, right? Yeah, you know, after a while, I, I got over the 12-string thing and ended up playing with just six strings on it for, for quite a while. Yeah. <clears throat> Until I saw uh, Cream play. Ooh. Uh, I went to see him here in Boston, and Eric Clapton was playing an SG guitar and a Marshall amp, and I said, I got to have that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where so, I'm uh, heading. You know, I, I, bought my, I bought my first SG guitar. It took me another... Uh, year or so to afford the amplifier because that was a lot more money but uh, <laughs> and I still have that SG yeah. oh no kidding that is so cool oh, because absolutely. and so I, where I, I'm I, heading after, is after I, after I sold the Stratocaster I never sold another one again so. uh, you never saw, right right he, he learned his lesson right? he's like yeah, ah, yeah. I want it back but I can't so I'm never letting the rest of them go which leads me to like, I remember seeing you way back when Back in the Boston days, I played all all SG. I I had several of them. You had uh, several SG. So it's always been SG. I've had a a bunch of other guitars through the years. Uh, I mean, with Boston, I used just the SG. But nowadays, I, you know, this latest record, I I used the Telecaster, a Stratocaster, a Gretsch, uh, uh, Les Paul, the SG, you know, a bunch of different guitars just to to mix the sounds up, you know. Right, 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 exactly. But the SG is your go-to, and you can blame it oh, all. Absolutely. Blame it all on Eric Clapton. Yeah, right. It's all his fault. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the SGs of today are made a whole lot lighter than they were back then. I mean, the SGs from the '60s that those things were like super heavy. 
Um, my first one, yeah, the, the, the my first one was a '68, and yeah, that was very, uh, very heavy. It's like carrying around a freaking log. It was those. Are, I remember. Well, not not quite not quite up to uh, what a Les Paul weighs. They're they're kind of crazy. That's yeah, like having a, <laughs> a ball and chain around your neck. Yeah. No kidding, no <laughs> kidding. That's so that's so wild. So uh, so now uh, your rig is uh, you don't really play with very many effects at all, but uh, you uh, you still use uh, the Marshall stack or what's your go to amp these days? I, I I do, but it's been miniaturized. <laughs> Uh, technology, uh, 21st mean, Mark century. Marshall has a new has a new amplifier. It's it looks just like a Marshall stack, but it's uh, just two twelves, right? In fifteen watts. Wow! So so you can turn it up and crank it up and get that overdriven sound without going deaf. Right. I'm, I'm mostly deaf already, so huh? it's too late for that. But you what'd know. you say? No, I, I hear I you. Said, uh, <laughs> you, got, you got me. You got me. <laughs> Dude, uh, you know, I can't tell you. I've been living with tinnitus for decades, right? So I'm sure. Yeah, me too. Me too. You know, it's just, I don't wake up to an alarm clock. I wake up to a ring, right? It's just kind of yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um, but that's so cool. So now with the guys that you had when you did Orion the Hunter, and then it's, it's it, you you brought... Uh, uh, you have uh, a Tim and a Brian that were uh, now forming this engine room band. How did you come to the name of the band? Dude, it's like the coolest name anybody could ever have for their own band. Uh, Barry well, you know, Goudreau's engine room. How cool. We, we had a band uh, with Ernie Bach. Right. Uh, Ernie, Ernie and the Automatics, and, you know, Sip Ashen was, was the drummer in that. Right. And whenever we'd introduce Sip, we'd say, hey, and here's Sip Ashen and the drums back there in the engine room, uh, you know, pushing everything along. And, and, you know, we thought, hey, that's a pretty good name, the it, engine room. It so, is. It is. Yeah. It's a great name. I mean, you know, you know how it goes with band names, right? You could you could end up, like, you know, losing your mind trying to figure out whose name Well, you know, every, everybody said, boss, a terrible name. Oh, that's awful. It's awful. Well, you know, if the record hadn't been good, it would have been an awful name. But the record was so good, the name didn't really matter. <laughs> it, well, you know what? I don't know. I'm on the fence with that one. But I do know what you were saying. People were like, back then, during that time, people... You know, other musicians. Some people were just critical, but they were because perhaps they were jealous. But you know, they were like, well, "Why would they call themselves? You know, like who's going to call themselves Dallas or you know, or you know, who's going to call themselves Nashville? That's kind of pompous and this and that." I'm like, I don't know, man. It seems kind of representative. I I like the fact that they. It's just Boston. It wasn't the band Boston. It wasn't Boston band. It was just Boston. And and so yeah. So. You know, the, one of the crazy things about that was when when we were in other parts of the country, uh, you know, maybe down south or southwest, people would say, "Oh, you you, you guys must be from England." <laughs> 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 the what? England? What? Yeah, yeah. Well, there is a Boston over there in 
London. Oh, there is. There the is. London yeah, area. There yeah. is a Boston, but I'm sure they weren't thinking of it that. It must have been those Boston accents. It, it they, was. Uh, misinterpreted, you know? I got to tell you, <laughs> when, the first time I went to L.A. back in 1980, I got the same thing. I had people saying, oh, where are you from, England? I'm like, and then, of course, I'd just turn it on and start talking with an English accent. <laughs> just, to, <laughs> you know, not to create any kind of problems with their egos and stuff and I, oh yeah sure right right of course i am mate. <laughs> and 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 then they'd believe it and then of course later on they find out from boston but that's so funny that uh folks think yeah you know, I, I always try to hide it when i'm on the radio right the boston accent and then i find that people from all over love the accent i'm sure you found that well, right that's funny when when i went to uh college i went to uh to bu right and lots of people that went from to BU were from New York, and right. they had that New York accent, and, right. and they did speak to me and say, "Oh, you, that your accent." I said, "What do you mean? I don't have an accent. You've got an accent." <laughs> <laughs> so I actually worked on it a little bit to try to, you know, dial it back a little bit after that. You know what happens though? I get all tired if I'm on the air for too long. All of a sudden, I get tired. Right, it's the the <laughs> it's the, and then people pick on me. You know, they'll send me messages. Go, oh, there's that Boston accent. Uh, you know, with radio. But hey, that's all changed. Life has changed. You've kind of moved on and keep going. You don't happen to like when you're in the downtime. Do you still kind of do any kind of geology research, or did you really give that up? Oh, I gave that up. You know, I, <laughs> there, there, I, you know, I picked geology. I, I didn't have a major my my first year, and I took a geology class. I said, oh, I, I really like this, so I took that as my major and, and started studying it. And then it dawned on me: if I'm going to be a geologist, I get two choices: I can work for the government, or I can work for an oil company. Right. And neither of those really appealed to me very much. <laughs> so, yeah, I got, I, got, I got away from the, uh, the geology thing. That's all right. You know, look, instead of going around, you know, looking at rocks, you went out and did rock and roll instead. Man, what the hell? There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, look, now... I know you get a bunch of uh, a cool folk. I, I wanted to give a shout-out to the people that were doing background vocals here. Uh, Mary Beth Mays. I, isn't that... That's that's, uh, that, Brian's, that's Brian's wife, wife, right? Yeah, yeah. It is, it is, yeah. Imagine yeah, that, this, right? Uh, this, this newest CD, uh, we're, we're featuring the girls uh, singing some lead on, the, on this latest one. Oh, very cool. So you're going to have Terry uh, Osoro and uh, Joni Ciccarelli back? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, wow. yeah. Very yeah. cool. I mean, we, we've we've got a good thing going. We all get along great. Uh, you know, I love the sound. Sound of the girls together. They all have their own vocal range, and they work together really well. And I just love that uh, that background sound with the girls. Yeah, singing. They... It kind of goes back to you know the. Uh, not Derek and the Dominoes, but uh, but hey, the girl, the, the girl bands of the '60s and, and the like '50s, right? Uh, the, uh, you're a man of my own heart because people, people like you know, uh, they like rock and roll, but a lot of girls don't like girls singing bands, right? And or even guys, right? There's that whole stigma in the industry and this and that. But for me personally, and I and it sounds like we're on the same level. Is I always was attracted to the girl bands. Not because you know, they were well, girls, well, you know, we did, but we I like that the, sound. To try the girls on uh, on one track, and 
I just loved the sound of it. So, well, let's try it on this track. Well, let's try it on that track. And we ended up with them on pretty much the whole thing. So, uh, swing. You know, we're we're all we're all in with the uh, with the background vocals. Cool, cool. So, like on this new album, Brian's like taking a back seat. The poor boy. No, no, he's still the lead singer, but uh, you know, we're 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 bringing the girls out to the front for a few. Absolutely, why not? That's so cool. And and I see it was uh, mixed and mastered by our mutual friend Bob St. John. You know, he's from New England. Absolutely, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He grew in up fact, in Rentham, in fact, I think. We, uh, we just sent our uh, first track to be mixed from our new record down to him uh, today actually cool cool so tell us about this yeah. new record too uh what, what you got going on there well you know the first record was me kind of looking back to when uh, i started playing and my blues influences and you know that like you said before the english band took the blues thing and they kind of kicked it up to a whole new level right so this record this is more of a rock record this is uh, kind of takes over after that period and you know my early rock influences like uh you know james gang and deep purple and 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 that kind of thing so where the first record was like two-thirds blues a third uh rock this one's more two-thirds rock one-thirds blues there's some some really uh rocking tracks on it that's so cool i'm really 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 excited about the material on this record it's it's really coming off fantastic very you know it's it's always you know people get excited about their work but uh i tend to think that you know somebody's been around the block if you're getting excited it's probably for a pretty good reason right but uh (laughs) but uh well i i guess if you're not excited about it you wouldn't do it in the first place but you know you know i i I, this this uh I, i I think people are really going to be turned on by this stuff. Very, very cool, man. So, you know, what's really kind of cool also is even though, you know, as you said, you know, as we pointed out, the uh, the blues, the rock and blues from, uh, from Britain really kind of changed things a bit for a blues rock. But even those bands, you know, like you're talking about, Deep Purple and such, they... They they were still heavily rooted in blues, but they just really took it to a heavier, much heavier tone. But they were all, you know, they were their arrangements were really kind of jazzy too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've uh, some of some of the songs on this new record go, you know, five six minutes long, which uh, you know you don't see see that a lot. Uh, you know, give us gives us some chance to really stretch out. There's some nice long guitar solos and. Uh, Good stuff. Right. Good stuff on you. Absolutely. I'm so psyched for that. Okay. And so uh, I know that uh, we're, we're going to be doing a ticket giveaway by the time we're done here with our little feature here with you. I know you're doing a special show out in Springfield, but, uh, you know, and I know you've released some videos for this album. Are there, are you going to be working on any more videos or are you really just focusing on the new, the new album release coming out? Uh, once we get the, the the music together, we'll we'll put together some some video stuff. Absolutely, right, yeah. right, very cool. You know, pe- pe- people want to want to look at stuff. They don't just want to hear it. <laughs> well, you know, that's funny, right? Right, the twenty first century. You're so right. Uh, if if they can't, it's like they if they can't watch it. It's like TV is taking over the brain waves of most people and it's now migrated onto the internet, right? Where you have to have some sort of visual. They won't. 
They'll barely read the headline, let alone if you've got a little diatribe in your post, right? And I keep finding that all the time. But if you've got something visual, they're on it. They don't even read yeah. what the heck. They just want to watch, which is cool. I guess we're all voyeurs, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't, don't, hey, hey, hey. Don't mix you. me in with that. Come on, come on. <laughs> oh, no, you're the perpetrator, dude. You're, you're the guy. You're causing all the trouble, making people watch. That's all right. You can be the Fiestata. Well, I'll, I'll, you're safe. All right, I, I'll, I'll exclude you from the voyeurism category. But uh, you watch TV, don't you? Oh yeah. Who yeah. doesn't watch TV? I mean, I'm come kidding. on. <laughs> uh, so, alrighty. Now, what have I got here? Dirty. Oh my goodness. Was this one of those noodles too? Like, which one of these songs did uh, any of the guys bring in? Or was this all just every bit of you hanging out? Like, I'm going to make an album. I'm going to pay tribute and ode to my roots in the 60s and 70s rock. And and then I'll let everybody kind of flesh it out. Uh, Dirty. What what was Uh, behind Dirty? A lot lot of of the tracks uh, were were ideas that I started. Uh, right, the, right. the first song you played, Need, uh, that that was something Brian brought to the table. Nice. And uh, the last song on the record, Time, which I hope we uh, we close this with, uh, that was something that Brian had, had started years ago and never finished, and he brought that, and that's something that we finished up as a band. And Really yeah. a fantastic track. Yeah, I actually have it uh, loaded up here as the last track. That I'll play. Hey, uh, don't hey, how about that? Yeah, right? We're on the same way. I read your mind. I knew it. I was like, eh, this is a real... <laughs> you know, it's a, it's the first like ballad-like tune on the on the album. Uh, Keep the Faith and Why, they're a little more on the softer side. Uh, um, and I and I had uh, I have All Mine in there, too, which is a real difference. But Dirty. Now, what are you talking about here? Dirty. Who's dirty? <laughs> You're not dirty. Well, I think the point is, uh, you know, people doing things that you don't uh, don't really approve of. You know, ah, and, that uh, kind you know, of dirty. I think I think I think we were looking at some politicians when we were coming up with the idea for that. Uh, well, dirty definitely is a very apropos description of politicians. <laughs> hey, yeah, look, I, I, I love I them. Wanna, yeah. I don't want to name any names. I don't. Uh, names, nah, but, uh, we don't. You know, just use. Use your imagination on that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't. We don't mention names, just initials. You know, Drumpf. We we get it. But so treat. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, don't stop, please. That, yeah, it's kind of funny that those two tracks kind of come right in line with each other, right? So it's like you're thinking dirty, but it's all about politics. And then you said, "Don't stop, please." But that's a great tune, man. I, what made you think of that one? Like so, well, when, Brian, let me Brian ask... wrote the lyrics for that, and oh, that, he did. That, the, the idea there is, you know, a guy's uh, sitting at the bar and he sees a girl down the bar, and he's right. thinking, "Hey, eh, get something going here," but knowing that it could go terribly wrong. Right, <laughs> right. Well, that's the that's the the chance everybody plays when they go walking in, looking to see if they can get a date. There's that whole. Rolling of the dice of life. And now, uh, Ball Keeps Rolling, that's a pumping tune. Did you write the lyrics for that? Uh, no, Brian wrote, wrote lyrics on that one, too. This, this uh, record, uh, a lot of the, the musical ideas were mine, and a lot of the uh, the uh, lyrical ideas were, were Brian. That's there's, great. You know, there's some where we, we, you know, 
it's a mix-up, but uh, generally speaking, that's uh, that's how it came down. Right. Well, you know, he's got a very distinctive voice, man. How did you end up uh, meeting up with Brian to start working together? Uh, it was way back when I had the uh, Orion the Hunter band. We were getting together to go out uh, on that Aerosmith tour I mentioned, <clears throat> and we needed a uh, keyboard player. We had used a, a session guy to two keys on the record. Right. And I did auditions, and Brian came and auditioned, and uh, he got the gig and did the tour with us. And, uh, you know, we've been working together ever since. He's been on everything I've done since uh, since then. Rightfully so, man. The guy's got great rock voice. Such cool delivery. Yeah, and, you know, well, you know Brad, Brad had been doing the, the singing, and, you know, when Brad... Brad was gone. Uh, right. You know, Brian was the, the logical choice. He was, sure. he was right there. We were working together, and this made sense. Well, very cool. All right, well, we're going to play these next three tracks off of the album, Full Steam Ahead. It was released back in 2017 by Barry Goudreau's Engine Room. We're speaking live with Barry Goudreau here on the show. Tracks we're going to play are Dirty, Don't Stop, Please, and Ball Keeps Rolling right here on The Gerg Show, and you're listening to IndieScenedRadio.com. All indie, all the time.
Don't Stop, Please, and Dirty were the three tracks we just listened to off of the album Full Steam Ahead by Barry Goudreau's Engine Room. We're speaking live with Barry Goudreau here tonight. Dude, those just those three songs right there. There's an album. There's a show. I mean, you could just kind of go around and play just those three songs and get away with it. Such, <laughs> such cool yeah, stuff. I wish. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I you went know. to see a player. They only played three songs with a chip, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, that's so funny. You know, it's kind of like uh, the uh, if it was back in the day with those one-hit wonders, you know, like that movie, uh, That Thing You Do, right? They used to go around with these big tours with all these artists and they'd get up and sing one maybe two songs and they'd get the heck off the stage and bring on another one and people kind of were looking forward to that right because well you know boy those were the days right (laughs) (laughs) now they want to hear everything and they want uh now yeah (laughs) now they want everything they the big shit we can blame it all on people like alice cooper and pink floyd those guys making shows like absolutely nuts in terms of theatrics and stuff but Boston never really kind of did any of that. Do you, you guys, uh, you know, today's day and age, it's not like we, we have a, a full crew with the band where you have a sound man, a light man, uh, stage hands, uh, stage manager, all that stuff. You, do you have that luxury when you go out with these guys? Oh, no. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, if you think about it, there's, there's not a whole lot of acts that are out there at that level, you know, a lot of a lot right. of acts from from my time period, you know, they do hit and run kind of things. So, you know, I do the same thing myself. I'll I'll fly out for a weekend and do a couple of shows and fly back. And, right. You know, the the backlines provided, and you know, it's just so expensive to do that that you really have to be out for a long time and right. sell a lot of tickets. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a big budget, right? Because everybody wants to get paid, right? It's- what a what an amazing concept, right? People do work and they want to get paid. What's up with that? It's music. Nobody gets paid, right? No, I'm kidding. Well, back in the day, you didn't. Uh, right. You know, I got into music not thinking that there'd be any money in it. I just did it because I enjoyed doing it. And, right. You know, even artists that had some level of success back in the 50s, 60s, they didn't make any money. Right, right. You know? Yeah, they still don't. <laughs> it's so well, crazy. you know, it's getting it's getting better. They, you know, they they just uh, signed some new legislation this year, which uh, gives acts from the uh, 50, 60s, and seventies royalties that they never got before. So right, right, which was a yeah. very big deal, and that was is yeah. so apropos, man. Is so apropos. Long time coming, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that is so cool. But so you know, you fly out and you do special appearances. And and speaking of which, you're you're going to maybe not fly out to Springfield, but you'll be doing a special appearance with uh, some mutual friends uh, with uh, Danny Klein's Full House out in Springfield at the Mass Mutual yeah. Center. Uh, yeah, it should should be fun. Uh, you know, I've known Danny for for a long time, and he and I have sat in together a bunch of times over the years with other acts, but I've never actually played with his band, so this will be a, a first for me. Ah, that's so cool, and they're so good. I I don't know very many guys from the band. I know Steve Gouette, um, the guitar player there. He's he's really incredible 
but the whole band, uh, is, I've seen the videos. They, they're just jamming, man. It's a lot of fun. So this is your first time. Uh, imagine that. All these years, you've never really had the opportunity to get out there. So how did all this come together? Was, was it Danny's like, hey, I got this show, and, and it's a benefit, and I want, uh, I, want, I want you to be part of it? Yeah, pretty pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah we we actually he and I uh, sat in with uh, Duck Flutie's band earlier this year. Oh, uh, at a at an event that uh, he puts on every year. So um, yeah, it just seemed seemed like a natural. Yeah, it seemed like a natural thing to do. What the heck? We're playing music. That's what we do. All right, cool. And so that is happening this Saturday, Saturday right? The twenty sixth over at the Mass Mutual Center, right? And and we got. Uh, I'm giving away some tickets. The folks that are uh, putting that together, the, uh, what is it, Trio 651 Productions, my friend, uh, our mutual friend, Susie Cullen, actually helped put this interview together. I wanted to give her a shout-out. It happens to be her birthday today. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, you know, happy birthday, happy birthday. Susie. Yeah, if you're very... listening, yeah. you better be. <laughs> well, she's not, actually, but I won't say that. Um, she's having, <laughs> she's being taken out for her birthday for dinner, you know? I mean, why wouldn't? Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll, give, we'll give her that one. We'll give her so. a pass. But she did say, look, you know, make sure I get a you know link to the recording because I'm not going to be able to tune in as much as I want to. I'm going out for my birthday dinner. I was like, well... You know, you girls got to have priorities, I guess, right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, all right. So we had some folks entered in into this uh, ticket giveaway. The Bill Caddish over there who uh, runs uh, Trio 651 Productions who put that show that's happening this Saturday together. He's uh, coordinated with me to give a will call tickets. And we've got four people that had kind of entered in. Uh, randomly there on social media as I was trying to post that up. I didn't know how I was going to do it, or so I just kind of was a little kind of chill about it. And, hey, we got some folks that were interested in it, so I tell you how we'll do this. Why don't you think of a number from 1 to 4? I've numbered the, the entries randomly myself in a very scientific manner, mind you. Um <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, and so think of a number from one to four. Give me that number and whatever number that was assigned. The number is three. Three. All right. So Samuel Pastor was number three, and he has won the tickets. I'll be sure to let Bill know your name, Samuel, will be at the door. So all you got to do is show up. Saturday in Springfield at Mass Mutual Center, probably, I don't know, six doors open at seven and show starts at 730. So if you get over there, your name will be at the door at the will call ticket booth. Samuel Pastor. Congratulations. All right. Cool. All right, Samuel. See you there. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can surprise Samuel and see if Bill can get him in there to do a quick meet and greet at the end of the show and say hi. You know, something a little special. Yeah, for sure. I don't sure. have any swag for him, so what the hell? We'll see what we can do. So we've got these uh, last three tracks that I've kind of queued up. We're running close to the end of time here. Reason to Rhyme. Like I said, now, when I heard that song, and, and you had mentioned that it almost didn't make it onto the to the record. But when I heard that song, it's not that it it had a Boston sound to it, but it had that time period sound to it, that feel 
Uh, I mean, you know. Yeah, it's that kind kind of a classic rock sounding sounding track. Very, very much so, and I'm so glad that it made it onto it. Who who had the final vote to keep it on the album? I I need to thank them. <laughs> uh, well, I think it was Brian that was pushing to get that one on. Yeah, I was a little little concerned that you know stylistically it was different from the other stuff, but we said, hey, it's our record. We can put anything on there we want. So. Put it on there. See how it works? It's so nice. You had the diplomacy. There's no record company saying, no, you can't do that. So we yeah. did it. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. Oh, you got to love that. Having all the power, right? Autonomy is great. So, <laughs> so uh, All Mine, uh, I love that song, Reason to Rhyme. Uh, I've got All Mine queued up. And then we've got this song, Time. This is like out of there there were two other relatively slowish songs and all mine really is relatively an acoustic type tune right or is, is he using a it's like a steel guitar uh, a re- resonator a resonator right no actually <laughs> <laughs> hey thanks for fixing my brain uh, glad uh, we could give resonator a little plug there uh, but it certainly sounds no, we, that we, way. We wanted the, the feel on that to be kind of like we were sitting on your back porch, and you know we had a drink there, and you know we picked up some guitars and started started uh, jamming. So it, that, that's kind of the, the take on that one. You so got that right. It it so sounds that way. It, it, it's, I'm sure it's the way you recorded it. Man. It was it's really cool. Yeah, it's almost like you can hear glasses clinking in the background. You know, if you yeah, st- well, we we did it with all of us in the room. Uh, you know, set the mics up. Just go ahead and play it. You know, ah. as, though, as though we as though we were just sitting on the back porch. Yeah, it's a cool tune. I love that ditty. Now, time. This uh, this is a huge tune. I, I listened to this and I was like, oh my god, I can't play this in the middle, man. This is an epic ballad type tune. It just it yeah. We uh, we we've been closing the show with this and. Uh, and we also dedicate it to uh, to Sib Hashin. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, it's, you know, Sib and I had, you know, 50 years of friendship and, and working together. And, and you know, we were doing a show on a cruise ship down in, in the Caribbean when during the show, Sib passed away right, oh. right on stage. So he he died doing what he wanted to do, you know. And uh, so we ended every show with the... Uh, with uh, with time, that's uh, you know, and it, and it's a good tribute to have, man. Sid Sid was unbelievable. He was just, he was like clockwork. That guy on the drums, he really was. Just oh yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, you know, he had a really straightforward style. He wasn't flashy at all, but uh, right, right. He, he was really holding it down, and uh, he was. You're right. He was like a clock. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, you know, there was just yeah. no two ways about it, man. And and. You know what, I suppose, like, you know, if you had your choice of how you'd want to pass on and, and move to the next realm, so to speak, most people, like, want to do it while they're sleeping, right? While other people might want to do it while they're having sex. But, you know, <laughs> you know, Sib got to do it while he was rocking out. I mean, it, of course, it was probably extremely tragic at the time. But thinking about it afterwards, it's like, wow. That's uh, that that's a movie in the making, right? You know, it's like yeah, you know, yeah, and you know, he, he did. You know, some people you know suffer through years of 
you know, pain and torture, whatever. And right. uh, for him, it was like flipping a switch, you know. Right, right. One minute he was here, and the next minute he was gone. Yeah, that's so tragic. But uh, you know what? He's got a great legacy, and having uh, you know close lifelong friends like yourself to keep his name, you know, you never forgotten and, as and, long and, as people are talking and, and about. And one thing, and speaking of legacy, <clears throat> we're um, we're doing a show at the the uh, Hard Rock Cafe on November seventh. Uh, to start a scholarship in, in Sib's name. Oh. <clears throat> so it's open to the public, and, and the engine room will be uh, performing. So, uh, you know, it should be a great time and great tribute to, uh, to Sib. That's so cool. That's uh, November 7th. That's a Thursday. Huh. I'm doing an interview and a feature. Uh, well, maybe after the show, I'll try to squeeze into Boston. And come by All and right. say hi to you. That would be cool. It was great. You know, you're, I got to tell folks, you know, uh, although Barry's got a very, a very, fairly storied history, it's not like, you know, some people who are, you know, who have a certain measured amount of fame, they tend to be unapproachable. But I remember meeting you way back at like, I think it was like O'Reilly's or something. It was uh, Rockers Against Bullying having a Christmas bash. And you, you were, you showed up and you were there and we got to meet and you like, you're the coolest dude, man. Oh, no, you're the coolest dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you. No, no, you, you, you. you. <laughs> well, look, Barry, I, I want to thank you so very much for hanging out and taking uh, all this time out of your, you know, your couch writing moments. Uh, <laughs> to come hang out with us on the show, man. This is such a privilege and an honor. And uh, so let's stay in touch, man. I would love to have you back and feature the whole uh, second uh, release from The Engine Room, Being Barry. You got Bruce. it. You uh, got it. All right, Absolutely. Brother. Well, thank you again. I, I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. All right. Hope to see you soon. All right. Cool. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Barry Goudreau. We are featuring the album from his band, Barry Goudreau's Engine Room, Full Steam Ahead. These are the final three tracks we're going to spin. There are two other tracks, but you're going to have to go out and buy the CD. Yeah, that's right. Go buy the CD. Show up at a show. Give the band some money. You know, hey, just because they might get famous doesn't mean they don't want to earn some money. Everybody's got to eat, right? So, you know, get this <laughs> album. It's really worth, I think it's 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 um, a very appropriate for your record collection. Reason to Rhyme, All Mine and Time. Uh, the last three tracks we're going to play off the album right here on The Gerg Show. I certainly hope you enjoyed this feature as much as I did doing it right here on The Gerg Show. And you're listening to IndieScenerradio.com. All indie, all the time. There in my dream Standing so tall Transcending any above them all Giving me reason to rise Shadows and light What am I saying Traveling at different times And with different names Giving me 
Never things been broken 
Listening to IndieScene Radio.com. All indie, all the time. 